What am I waiting for? Well, do you want me to read any quotes out of these articles? Just riff on them. There's a truck. This is Natch episode 81. Coming to you live from New York City. 14th Street Park. 14th Down Street by Park? the pier. Chelsea Market. In town on Studio Biz. Soho Club down here. That was something else. Talk about it another time. But uh, right now we got some food news for you, and then we're going to bring you... Hold on. FDNY. I hope everyone's okay. Uh, oh, yeah. So we got a nice, juicy, long interview with uh, Neil Gottlieb of Three, Twin I- Three Twins Ice Cream. Long-time friend of the show. Yeah. Survivor Castaway, contestant. Survivor Season 32. From the Brains Tribe, got a little got a little boo boo on his knee and yanked from the island. Yeah, hell of a guy though. That was re- that that interview was recorded at uh, in that studio back at my house. That, uh, yeah, Neil came by the studio. We had a wonderful night. Fed him some pizza. Just picked his brain a bit, so we'll bring you that. But first, we're gonna just jump right into food news. Well, what about the eventually? I guess the eventually will uh, come later. The eventually comes later. All right. Wait, let me get my naked ape notes. We're not ready for the book club. Oh, I know, but I just want to Up first. Oh, shit. Tupac Restaurant, based on Tupac Sketches, set to open. Yeah. Well, a misleading headline, because it's just a pop-up restaurant. Well, I, I thought this was a ridiculous idea until I realized it was a pop-up. Now, that makes sense. You could probably pull it off for a day. Well, and the other thing, too, is that it's... The menu will include a yeah. California Love chicken sandwich, Hennessy apple butter chicken wings... A mac and cheeseburger? What's that all about? Okay, we're podcasting over here, all right? He's up. And Thug Passion Cake Pops. On September 13th, the 20-year anniversary of Tupac Shakur's untimely death, California-based restaurant Take Three Burgers is set to host a pop-up restaurant. Oh, it said it right there, pop-up. Yeah, I missed that. Restaurant featuring a menu and logo inspired by sketches and brainstorms the rap icon left behind after his death. And brainstorm. Oh, that's sketches the best part. And this guy was like, while he was still alive, he was sketching out ideas for a restaurant. Jesus, we're gonna have to make New this York, food buddy. news quick. I know, but I'm not. I like that. I, I'm not a huge Tupac guy. Powamecca Cafe. I enjoyed Poetic Justice, Is although that... I don't remember what it was about really. I remember, there was a very tense scene between he and Janet Jackson. If I lived in this park, I might go insane. I think if you lived in this city, you might go insane. <laughs> This is like a Soundhawk's worst nightmare. Oh my god, Soundhawk is on edge. The city is a full-on assault All right, on the Tupac. delicate oral sensibilities. So That's A-U oral, not uh, O-R. Which city is this guy in? Who? For this cafe? This pop-up Tupac cafe? Tupac's West Coast. Oh no, but it's in the desert, isn't it? Isn't he doing it like in, in the desert? Phoenix what? or something? I don't know. I gotta click a lake up. again. Hold on. On September... Th- where? Oh, Cal- Fresno. He's in... Fr- Located in Fresno. See, I pulled that. That's from last night, reading that article. That's the steel wow. trap. That's an interesting choice, Fresno. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a choice. All right. Maybe it's just necessity. All right, Fresno, get out there. Support Brace your local yourselves. pop-up scene. Yeah, and any Tupac fans, any thug lifers out there, hightail it to Fresno. Respect. Wait, September 13th? Did this already happen? Ah, oh, shit. Oh, fuck, you <laughs> missed it. Hey, We're if anyone out there dined on. at the Tupac pop-up, Reach out. Tips. Shoot me a text. So text Texas sound off. 303-548-6877. Hi at Natch.is. Get on the newsletter. Jesus. It's good for you. 
Ready? To lure people off by the freakiness of lab-made meat, this is what the industry wants to call it. I don't even have to open this dock. They want to call it clean meat. Clean meat. Yep. It's kind of like riding on the coattails of the clean energy trend, I believe. That makes sense. It does. There's also this clean label campaign in food, like get a bunch of all this shit off the label, all the bad ingredients and artificial stuff. So what is, would a clean label only have like four or five things? That would be an example of a clean label. Yeah, you're trying to slim down on preservatives? Yep. Jeez. Hey, we're almost done. <laughs> that's exactly right. But I think because tying it to the sustainability angle, that's the real play. But I think in the same article they talk Resources about... Resources are scarce. They talk about the Beyond Meat Patties that gave me the fake meat sweats. Like, why not go the plant-based route as opposed to trying to grow freaky meat in the lab? Hey, if, if it can be done, does America, we'd do it. But nature's done it already, it seems. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. saying it's right. Although those Beyond Meat sure not Patties have to be processed to hell, right? Clean, clean food. And they, they got a lobbying group in D.C. called the Good Food something. The Good Food Fuckers. Yeah, Good Food Fuckers is exactly right. I don't trust a lobbying group. I don't care what side they're I'm on. I'm not sure about this lab meat. I'll just go with my, I'll, I'll stick with my fake meat sweats, thank you. <laughs> you liked it. Oh, yeah, I ate another one last week. You they were about it. to go bad. That was the craziest thing about them. You're used to a veggie patty. You dig it out of the freezer like two years after you bought it, brush off the frostbite and throw it in the toaster. But no, these Beyond Meat fucking things. Why are you pointing my my hands? Because I didn't plug the... You're getting going to get a... It's going to delay into there and speak, and you're going to get it. All right, I'll unplug it. Get ready for a natch. Yeah, I think we're good. You get me all nervous now. I need to have the monitors. Well, we got enough. It's not like you're going to hear that over the din of traffic anyway. <laughs> no. Bear buys Monsanto for $66 billion. One-stop shop for evil. If there was any ever any doubt to the most evil company in the world, let's put that doubt to rest. Yep, it's now spooning the second most evil company in the world. <laughs> I don't know. They're in sweet, oh, they aspirin-y Congress. I like aspirin. That's probably good, all in all. That's not all they make. That's probably the most oh, no. benign of their products. Oh, yeah. Aspirin, did you know that aspirin is... Oh, my God. Sound off. Oh. No, I know, oh. I know. It's going to be I think, okay. I think aspirin is like willow bark or something. It was initially... It's a natural ingredient. Did you know that back in the day... I think they make it out of aspartame. They used to have aspirin gum. Did you know that? Aspergum. Where'd that go? I don't know. Went the way of aspirin. I know somebody we could ask. Hey, we're moving right along. Tom Brady has never eaten a strawberry in his entire life, says Dana Evans at New York Magazine. Oh, wait a minute. Yep. We didn't attribute. Tupac came out of Pitchfork. Don't know who wrote it. Thanks, Pitchfork. Uh, clean meat came out of Quartz. You love Thanks, that. Quartz. QZ, in the place to be. Can I? This is Dana Evans. Formerly of the Gawker tribe, Tom Brady has never eaten a strawberry in his entire life. If you read this article... Which we do not recommend, necessarily. That's just a few words. No slam on Dana Evans, because I hear that she's done great work. <laughs> this is like a... There's a serious lack of commitment in this article. It's a mess of a story. You're going to lead with but he doesn't eat strawberries, and you're going to bury... That's your headline? Are you going to bury that at the end of the story with I, no follow-up? Is the, he allergic? The text... The, the, like, why doesn't he eat strawberries? You don't follow up on that? I've never eaten a strawberry. I've never wanted to. Where's the why? That's a reporter's fucking job. That guy's wearing a Soul Cycle hoodie. Good for him. Soul Cycle. Uh, some spin thing, right? Yeah. Probably. Ex probably really exercise like a like a New Yorker. Um, fucking hot. The gist of the article is 
Tom Brady's got a few weeks off for his suspension. How does he chill out and relax? And he got a haircut and wore some Uggs. But at, the Nuggets were... The dude's never had a strawberry. Maybe. It's unclear. Or a cup of coffee. Or a cup of coffee. What? It's horse shit. Now we know from prior episodes that... He also doesn't like nightshades. That's a tomato. And others. Well, yeah, they're inflammatory to some people, right? Or some people believe that they're food, inflammatory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, Mr. Brady attributes his long, healthy career to his um, rigorous... His rigors around diet and fitness and nutrition. In a sense, it's hard and to fucking argue else. with. The guy's 39. He's almost as old as me, and he's still... Didn't maybe he, the best quarterback in the NFL. He had some supplement angle in there, too, for a while, right? He got hooked up with a shady guy for a shake or something. Yeah, that sounds right. I forget what it was. Don't what, quote me. It wasn't isogenics. It was no. something of the ilk. Well, anyway. A little nugget about Tom Brady. One more than the book club. Okay. Comes from at Lady Faye. Details has tweeted us. Since Bean's rule... I mean, what she didn't say is quinoa drools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on aquafaba? Aquafaba? Aquafaba. Aqua Brett Favre. Favre beans. First we asked Josh, good lord, here we go again. Hey, there's a lot of emergencies. <laughs> I'm sure whatever that leading to is more important than this podcast. I hope everyone's okay. You spent your whole I think life and every day of your life in New York hoping that everyone was okay every time you heard a siren. You'd have little time for anything else. Be, you get numb to it. You get numb to your fellow humans. I mean, this is a hard what is question. A, what is aquafaba? Well, so aquafaba is like if you soak beans in water to soften them up. Specifically. Pulses. Nope. Chickpea. Well, no, it can be any bean. Did you read the article? I think it can be any number of beans. Mm. White beans are especially effective for this. Oh. Yeah. The, the viscous, like... The what? Viscous liquid. It's like a jelly. I mean, it has some, you know, yeah. some heft to it. Thick. You can use it in place of egg whites. The vegan community, long Loves search. the aquafaba. Yeah, what can I do to replace egg white? Can, this aquafaba, next time you get your chickpeas, or your garbanzo beans, you drain that, drain it, you pour them in the thing, you drink that, what's left in that can, you just pour that in a bowl and whip it up. Some fucking flour. No, I think you just whip. Okay, okay, New York. Okay, you can make an aquafaba <laughs> meringue. My God, I think you just you just whip it with a what's the thing called? A whisk. A whisk, and it beats and it thickens and forms peaks just like egg whites would. You can whip it to a peak. You can whip it to a peak. Now that I didn't know. I read the Wikipedia page. It's, I think it was it's, a it's magic. A French chef who discovered it. No, it was a guy in uh, Fresno. No, it was a French chef, and he uh, he aquafaba. Yeah, and he posted on. Posted it online anonymously at first. I don't know why you I would think do that. we have different sources. Dude, go to the Wikipedia page. I'll Wikipedia. Wait. Wikipedia don't lie. I believe it. And you. if it's lying in this case, it's actually a pretty tantalizing tale. But here's why I think... I don't know why exactly Details is asking. Maybe we'll hear in a future segment. But you're finding aquafaba marketed as this sort of... Um, oh, is it a superfood? Not a superfood. Save us from the scourge of egg whites. But what it clearly is, you're making all this hummus. You're wasting all this aquafaba. Don't waste the aquafaba. Aquafaba, water plus bean, aquafaba. You're wasting all that stuff. This is like a a closed loop, full cycle, stem food waste, save the world idea. All right. Now that you're connecting it for me to water waste, I am 150 fucking percent behind aquafaba. Thank you, Details. And when I think of aquafaba, I think of one company, Sir Kensington's... Sir Ken, didn't they make uh, rubbers? That was Sir Richards. 
Uh, that makes more sense. Sir, like Sir Dick. Yeah, well, you're right. Top hat for your dicks. Sir Richards, I didn't ever made that connection. You know what would be great is if those dicks, uh, if you if you had a rubber that you could put on and over the tip of it, it had a little monocle, like printed on the tip of the rubber, okay. like on the reservoir tip. Okay. So Sir Kensington's makes this vegan mayonnaise now with aquafaba as the base. If you don't have eggs, you got aquafaba. Well, so they, they, laud, they laud the sustainability of this, stemming the food waste. Thumbs up, thumbs up. I've heard it tasted great. So they're going aquafaba where Maybe that's what Hampton details. Creek's going pea protein, huh? That's right. A lot of people haven't been able to figure this out, but it was so simple. Was it? Were you there in the lab? I'm just saying it's the, it's the water left over in a chickpea can. Yeah, and if you've got a hummus factory somewhere... You best not be shooting that aquafab into the river. If you're boiling them at scale, you got a lot of aquafaba left. Yeah. Now I, you can sell it to Sir Kensington's. I suggest you make a lot of mayonnaise and then, hey, try out the virtues of soaking in an aquafaba hot tub. A little aquafaba, a little uh, Epsom salt. You know I'm into it. Ooh, that's a rough Ooh, combo. I think I'm going to a hotel soon. I think I'm going to stop off at Walgreens, pick up some Epsoms. It's time for a bath. All right, we got to get to Neil. I think we should do this book club real quick. Let's get to the Naked Eight book club. This is it was actually a fascinating chapter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Sound of the book. Comfort. Second to last chapter in The Naked Eight by Desmond Morris, the controversial classic of man's origins. Desi, for short. Boy, Desi. Oh, but you know what? Uh, oh, you took notes. I did, and actually, I, if, you, if you wouldn't mind turning to these pages for oh, me. Oh, you've pre-selected some quotations? Well, not quotations ne- necessarily, but I wanted to... Uh, call back to the the feeding chapter which obviously the most germane to this podcast and I feel like we kind of breeze through it we the missed shortest a few things. chapter but the, but the hardest hitting page 197 he's talking about vegetarians and he talks about a cult of vegetarians also who call themselves fruitarians which is what I've decided I am now mostly a fruitarian I ate a shitload of pig's liver yesterday before that, I hadn't eaten a lot of meat until you served me chicken, and before that, it had been months. But not a vegetarian, not a vegan. Fruitarian. Flexible fruitarian. Like fruit? I don't know. When you think about... Doesn't like, fruitarian mean fruit? Yeah. Yeah, but think about... You want to be a fruitarian? But, you got to I mean, give up vegetables. No, you don't. Vegetarians eat fruits. But really, no, like... But I, I think you're missing the point here. It's just another... No. Vegetarian has the same meaning as fruitarian. Because it's not uh, like if you're a vegetarian, you're not eating fruit. So if you're a fruitarian, you can still eat vegetables. I think if you're a fruit, fruitarian, you just eat fruit. That doesn't make sense, though. Then if you're a vegetarian, you don't eat fruit. Oh, I see what you're By saying. that logic. And oh, honestly, I I... there's more fruits that you probably eat than vegetables. Because tomatoes, things with seeds, those are fruits. Technically speaking. Uh, now you floored And me. I just, I, I... I like the sound of fruitarian a little better than vegetarian. That's oh, okay. all. Okay, all right. Nice oh, okay, here's what I want you to do. I don't remember what this quote was, but it must have been important to me. Bottom of page 197. It's in like the second to last line. There's a sentence that begins, in the same way. Would you go ahead and read that for me? In the same way that abuse of culturally developed weapons can lead to aggressive disaster, abuse of culturally developed feeding techniques can lead to nutritional disaster. Are we not at ground zero of that right now? You know what that sounds Sorry, like to me. Have you ever read... Too Soon New York reference? Fast Food Nation. Classic. I've, I've read the shit out of that book at prescience. least once. Desi, prescience. Okay, uh, so comfort. 
interestingly enough, this chapter is largely focused on grooming and the importance of grooming in our social structure. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically... Who's going to tell these people to shut up over here? We need to groom them. Haven't even been in, in the city for three hours. You're already on, already on edge. <laughs> Am I peaking the levels? Uh, so he says that talking, you know, when we had luxurious coats, when we were tree-dwelling apes with long, luxurious coats, grooming each other was a way of soothing one another. You could resolve issues of dominance and aggression. You know, an aggressor could be soothed by the submissive ape turning its back, or no, smacking its lips and saying, oh, that, that's a signal of saying, I'm ready to pick your fur. I'm ready to groom you and calm you. But what we have now is talking instead. Talking is a version of grooming. What do you think about that, Mark? You read the chapter. Well, I, don't, I don't really like to talk. All right, that's helpful. I guess I don't like to groom either. Uh, so, so it just fills a space left by our inability to groom the hair on our bodies, which went away because we're naked. Sort of. There's actually a specific type of talking called grooming talking, and all what it basically is. So, so like I mentioned, the, the lip smacking that goes on, uh, a higher primate will like smack its lips and stick its tongue out when it's to signal that it would it would happily groom somebody. And Desmond Morris contends that that lip action essentially became smiling. And so, since we can't groom each other, when we meet, we smile, that sets us at ease, but we can't just keep smiling because that'd get creepy, right? So what do we do instead? We do grooming talking. And what is grooming talking? It's small talk. It's talking about the fucking weather. It's have you read any good books lately? small talk. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That is quite a picture. Just did a selfie. I should have given you the selfie stick. Oh, that, we're traveling with a selfie stick. This is fine. So to me, I don't know, grooming talking, it's fascinating to me. Because right. I, I am a I person who doesn't really like small talk. I hate having to initiate or engage in small talk. It's very uncomfortable. But maybe I should just relax because all it is is just a form of grooming. If I think of it as like just picking, you know picking mats out of your mane. I'm just, we're, very, we're both sharing this mic and it's too close. Really? The See, f- I feel the like physical proximity. I feel like this is a very intimate conversation. Yeah, all of a sudden, that Oops. distance where we can't rely on that distance. I'm trying to create a bubble inside. The I'm actually sensing less cacophony. aggression. I think in the last episode, in episode 80, I called you a dumb dick. I've done that once or twice, and I felt bad immediately afterward. But when I was in, remember we talked about the Black Velvet Band. Oh, yeah. The country rock and Let's roll outfit I was in in Chicago. Here, yeah. It's not a big tangent, but the guitar player Tyler was a salty fucking dog, and he'd always, he'd be like, ah, you dumb dick. He'd say that to everyone in the band, and I, it wasn't really an insult. It was like a, a term of endearment. Like, I look forward to him calling me a dumb dick. So just know that when I call you a dumb dick. I look forward to it, too. I don't think you're a dumb dick. And All I, right. But it's this intimacy that's letting me express that to you now, Mark. So I'll tell you what struck home for me. Suffer of phantom respiratory issues is the the way that it seemed like a large majority of the illnesses striking the modern naked ape are behavioral and not medical. And I can't remember why. Why is that? Well, because it's uh, it's almost, it's comfort and grooming again. It's like we're if you, looking, if you have an affliction outside of our own crippled brain. Yeah, from someone you, else. You exhibit a phantom, or not a phantom, but you have like a you get laryngitis when you're nervous about giving a performance or well, singing. That, that's how he proves the point that, like, yeah. isn't it odd that the singer 
is afflicted by laryngitis while the what if he went to wrestler the wrestler gets a body rash i mean all right yeah. a lot of wrestlers out there suffering but these are very tailored illnesses that so would... they are they are, they become symptomatic and medical problems but they have a behavioral origin which is which is quite natural because we are hungry for that comfort from grooming yeah of being cared for so what did he, what did he say what we're supposed to do about it I guess he just... He's not really into prescribing. He's just analyzing. He's just kind of saying that there's a lot of these medical issues which just... They're yeah. not... They're not they're bunk. But you have your sorghum affliction. And I and I asked you, I posed the question, oh, does, you it, have does it escalate throughout the week? By Friday, is your sorghum more intense? It's because podcast-induced. Is it a podcast-induced sorghum Let me just bout? say that... To re- great chapter. Comfort. Uh, Are you done? No. Oh, shit. There was just a little more. Well, if you're well, going to bring up about, sorghums, I'm going to bring up... Although you didn't do it, I guess what? it was your dad's tick. What was the what, when we parked at the airport to oh, yeah. begin this adventure? Josh My, was talking about if he'd been driving, he would have hit the clicker on the lock like multiple times until it. Well, because the car beeps, 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 but then you can then honk the horn if you yeah. And then he pulls the door handle multiple times to make sure it's locked. And then what freaked me out the most was the fingertips on the windshield, making sure it's all the way rolled and then up. The gentle pressing. To make I never sure got into that, but my dad. So my dad was in a, before I was born, was in a, he was on his bicycle, got hit by a car, flew 100 feet in the air, landed on his head, was in a coma What? for, I don't know exactly how long, came out of the coma when they tried to feed him sorbet, because he did not like sorbet, that brought him out of his coma, had to relearn to walk. How um, old was he? It was before I was born, so he was probably in his 20s, late 20s. Holy moly. Uh, and he had been a form-perfect downhill skier that i mean like olympian quality skier by all accounts but after this accident he lost mobility in his right foot he, he couldn't move his right at the ankle it just could barely move but that was due to a brain injury which is interesting so it was an oh yeah, yeah it was neurological neurological but he still was behavioral like a, still a very impressive athlete though he became very avid cycler and runner despite that mild handicap all i'm saying well no but what i was telling you is I don't think I don't think before that accident he had obsessive compulsive oh, behaviors. I think a few circuits got knocked around. I think so. And what's interesting to me is that I inherited those, but not in my gene. It's not genetic. It's behaviorally. So the thing that he would do, Desi, is when we would go to the movies, especially he'd take my brother and I to the movies. He'd park at the far fucking end of the parking lot because he didn't want a car parked on either side, opening the doors into his sob. And then he'd check that the door was locked. There's nothing I can recreate it on. But he'd like, it was a very distinct pattern. It was click a click a click a click a. He'd pull the door twice. And then he'd start pushing the wind the windows to make sure they were all the way rolled up. And then we'd start walking away from the car. He'd stop and go back sometimes and do those same rituals again. And my brother and I would just stand there in the parking lot confused. But then when my parents split up and he was out of the house for a while, I started usurping some of these behaviors. I would uh I would obsess about the doors being locked. I'd get well, up in the middle of the night. I'd go, like, check that the doors were locked. Really? I'd check that the windows were it locked. affected your sleep pattern. Fucked me all up. So I'm a firm believer, believer in the behavioral origins of many of these conditions um, as someone who... It's just very clear. Yeah. I mean, we went and had a wonderful studio adventure. Yeah. Extremely busy. I wasn't thinking about any of these problems. Uh-oh. Now that we're done, I'm trying to decompress... Ooh, my back hurts. As soon as we Ooh. get off the train, your hips and your oh, hips hurt and your legs weak. Ah, I think my, yeah. It's yeah. too noisy for you. It is too noisy. 
Uh, so, all right, I'm going to venture up to Greenwich, spend the night in Greenwich to try to. I'm sure it's much nicer. It'll be quieter. On a, on a nice estate. You're going to do an estate? Well, I doubt it. I don't know. This guy's a cardiologist. See how he's living. So uh, Finish up this book club so we can get to Neil Goddard. Oh, yeah, but he, uh, Desmond also talks about, you know, he's talking about the different types of talking we engage in, and one of them is exploratory talking, which I believe he says is like poetry. And he says that the... And he talks about cave paintings. He says, like... He says that the poem followed the painting, right? Huh. And so uh, it just got me thinking about podcasting. This is this is more exploratory what? talking than informative, I think. I mean, you said this, but... As far as our own bodies are concerned, we may be naked over most of our surfaces, but in the head region there is still a long and luxuriant growth of hair available for grooming. Which leads me to my last point about this chapter. My wife is a hairstylist. She owns her own salon. There was quite a bit about hairstyling. Needleinthehaysalon.com. I don't know if that's useful to anyone who's not in Denver. Uh, but which, I mean, what he says essentially is that a hair salon is a necessary place because people can't groom each other, especially on the head, because we don't have body hair to groom, and the head is a very nerve-rich place, so it becomes very sexualized. So the, the salon is like a very neutral space. Right. Where you can go and get it pampered. Should, it, should, it could be a sexualized place, but it's been neutered yes. to be a professional, and it's more like a gab fest, right? can be. Well, in, a, in the case of a barbershop, yeah, it's like... The grooming talk is it's as always important about as talking. the grooming. Well, the grooming is important. I'd say, yeah, there's kind of three prongs to it. The grooming is a comfort thing. Just to have your head touched and attended to is comforting. And then there's also the socializing that goes on, the confiding. I swear, my wife is as much a therapist as she is a hairstylist. And then there's also, uh, I mean, getting quaffed. You get quaffed. You feel different. You feel so much better when you come out of a hair salon, right? You feel prettier and more confident. I don't go, well, I, I imagine. So there's a lot to it. But he does say that... Uh, because of like the underlying sexuality of the interaction, that male hairdressers are more effete when they, even if they're not, there. even if they're not uh, gay, that they're more effete, which is is just not true. Well, this was written. One of my wife's uh, decades ago. Well, I know, but one of my wife's instructors, this people die. Straight Young man named Michael Davis. With new ideas. About the most manly dude I ever met. Michael Davis. One of the most technically precise hairdressers MD. on the fucking planet. He was a genius. Shout Smith and Davis Salon, Chicago. Check it out. So I think that that covers. Let's That's let, everything I jotted down. Let's uh, let's thank everyone for suffering through this prefatory bit of Natchcad. No, of Natch. Of Natch. Episode one. Oh, and if I got clearance, live from 14th Street Park in New York City. Text the Soundhawk at 303-548-6877. Come back next week. Tell your mom. Whisper in her your. Ooh, but wait, we can do a little. Let's do whisper right? in your lover's ear. Oh, I don't know. And there, I emailed a publicist about maybe getting a <laughs> to use a song by the band uh, Preoccupations, so former maybe. members of Viet Cong and women. Fantastic piece of music. Maybe you'll hear it right now, or maybe you'll just hear a little bit more of that intro music. Uh, but if you hear the other thing, go to check the Google Doc, and you can find out about the record. Yeah. But if not, sorry for wasting your time with that. Wait. Now comes a lovely chat with Neil Gottlieb in the Natch Studio. Who doesn't love Neil Gottlieb? Who, Who doesn't, doesn't love Three, three twins, twins Ice Cream? Who doesn't love, oh, Brandon Ugandan Muffs? and gay protest movements. And Brandon Muffs. Branded Buffs. Muffs. 
Just like his pants. Quite a treat for the kids from Neil. Four Three Twins buffs. So Official thank you. buff of the Survivor game. That's right. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Neil. Of. Well, the buff is, yeah, whatever. Texas Soundhawk. At Real Natch. Hi, Natch.is. Yada, yada, yada. Thank you, New York City. Why no, are you clapping? No, I don't. This is a good buy. You don't want to thank New York City? Nope. Not a good host for a podcast? No. All right. Fair enough. What do you think of this studio? Mid-century modern. I like quite a bit. I wish I had this much space on my houseboat. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I love unicorns, and it turns out that you have one here. Neil lives on a houseboat. Sausalito? Sausalito. 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 I actually just dressed that unicorn with lights. Oh, yes. That Today. looks like it's straight out of Burning Man. Do you want some dust? I could bring in my cowboy boots and sprinkle some on it. So here's a question. What's the food scene like at Burning Man? 
Oh, that is a good question. The, the, the food scene of Burning Man is interesting because you have quite a few... Did you just say that was a good question? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that I've done that before. this before. Go ahead. The, the food scene of Burning Man is interesting because you have all these hippy-dippy, organic, fair-trade, shade-grown, free-range eating... No, no, he said Burning Man, not Expo West. No. You're like, talking about yourself. <laughs> those people are there, but you know what? They all stop at Walmart on the way up and get Tasty Bites. Uh, oh. So, you know, there, there is some decommoditized Three Twins ice cream that makes an appearance every year. We, we serve about 1,000. You can take a shower in, in decommoditized Bronner's what? soap. What does that foam mean? Foam bath. Oh, you, you take the branding off? Branding's off. It's uh. anonymous. But for a place of so many conscious individuals, it's amazing what, what crap we eat because it comes down to convenience and keeping things fresh. We do at our camp. Sure does. My, uh, you know. Welcome to Food 2020. My girlfriend and I, we eat a lot of organic greens out there and, oh. and um, some other organic stuff. But then, you know, there was the Costco chicken. Who knows how that was raised? It was delicious. Though. What was it, a Coleman? Costco chicken? No. It, was, it was delicious. That's, it was, that's all I know. Probably rotisserie, right? Convenient. You bought that thing yeah. cooked. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Not the raw He's whole not chicken. Out there. Yeah. Hey, I don't know I what mean, the hell Have you been to Burning Man? There. No, but I assume there's ovens. It's not a pizza shop. <laughs> no one brings ovens? No. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen an oven out there. The playa but I mean, is you an know, oven. like a camp oven ovens. or Oh, I guess you couldn't cook a chicken. You could, uh, you could have a spit. You can roast a chicken yeah. on a spit. A, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Zigzag Panther. He does cook. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's true. Panther? Zigzag Panther. He does cook an entire lamb on the coals of the burned that's man. Good. That's good. At sunrise. An entire lamb? And I think a goat as well. Does he kill the lamb there or does he bring it? <laughs> Haven't you seen? No live animals are burning. That's man. like a, a. What? There's no live animals allowed? No, not even service Just man animals. animals? Exactly, just just wild beasts of humans, just 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 feral California. Why are there no animals? That seems like it would be a it's a, it's a hostile pack environment. Dogs running yeah, around. I, hostile. It's like it's like having a big party on the moon. Wait, you know but where you just they said, have you this? just said kids in the earlier. You said kids. Are, well, there a are great kids place there. for kids, but, but it's they're hostile. not by themselves. Yeah, but kids don't need like donkey rides. I mean, but I mean, it seems like people would want to bring their dogs. They want to, sure. They can't, but. Well, how did if this you bring get a so dog, off the rails? You have no concept of Burning rails, Man, do you? Just <laughs> I have a concept right of Burning Man. What, like, it's surprising to me that you can't have dogs there. Well, it's in a it's desert where the average high temperature is like 179 yeah. degrees each day. Well, that day. part makes sense. Are they, I mean, are a, they forbidden? You know, yes. dogs don't sweat. You know? They pant. They don't do well in that kind of environment. They, okay. they, yeah, they, they pant. Plus, yeah. they get into the party drugs and ooh, a lot of party and they drugs. They start biting Josh. children. What's your okay. favorite party drug, Josh? Neil's the guest. Ask him. What? Neil doesn't want to answer that question. Neil doesn't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, my favorite party drug is just um, life, Mark. Yeah, life. Molly. Water. MDMA. I've never done either of those things, oh. actually. I haven't. He's on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I, just... I am absolutely not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Okay, so what was the... F- okay, you pack in the food for Burning Man. It's a lot of crap from Walmart. You pack it all in. You pack everything in. No, and it's not like it's from Walmart, it's from Target, it's from Safeway. It's like it's all the stuff. But people buy for convenience. They don't. They don't buy for consciousness. They don't buy what they what they eat every day. Isn't this the problem with food? Period. That's why we should <laughs> stop eating. 
We can't get people to buy the healthy, good, well-made. Just all buy for convenience. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Anybody? That's why you're a kingmaker, Mark. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> this is the problem with organic and all these things that cost more money. It all comes down to Burning Man, huh? Burning Man. That was my first question. Burning Man. That's Burning Man segment. Well, your second question was, what was his favorite drug? Nope. That was Here's my second question. Oh, you Here's my third? second question. Third. Carrageenan. What about it? Thoughts on Carrageenan. Pro or con? I don't well, know might be much nuanced. about Carrageenan oh. because we don't put it in any of our products. And I know... Really? We do have stabilizers in our novelties out of necessity, but we use organic uh, guar gum. And Love I believe guar organic gum. locust bean gum. Oh. So we don't have carrageenan in there. And I know it's, it's become an enemy of some in the natural food okay. industry. Okay. I haven't read the science, though. I don't, I don't know what the story is. I just know we best not put it in because it's going to cause some red flags. So. Well, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but... I think basically what happened is they... Some study showed that it You're caused... You're really not a scientist. No, I know. It caused inflammation. Like, they, there was a People study that found it, that it would cause yeah, inflammation yeah. in your digestive system. Exactly. But then they couldn't so recreate excited. those, uh, those he, test he results. he knows something? Yep. Huh. They kept trying. They couldn't recreate it. And then finally, someone in Chicago was like, yeah, you can't recreate it. Fuck they they couldn't recreate it in Chicago. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. See? They, do you, wouldn't, guys, it do wouldn't, you guys like each other? <laughs> it wouldn't cross yeah. the... It, 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 it was... Unable to cross like the blood cell barrier. Yeah, make it boring, Mark. So carrageenan was <laughs> fine, but you're right. So if you, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to pry, but has it always been no carrageenan? Or it's always it? been okay. no carrageenan. All right. The only two stabilizers that we've ever used, we've used organic guar gum from okay. the beginning for uh, sorbets and for the rice, milk, non-dairy stuff that we make for our scoop shops. Then when we got into the novelty business, God. we used organic guar gum and organic, I believe, locust this, gum. Think about this. So this guy... You know what's news to me, though, is that the band Guar has its own line of gum. This you guy... expect that of Guar. This guy, not only is he managing overseeing this ice cream juggernaut, he's got scoop shops. It started with scoop shops. That's a whole different deal, right? They're, they're just a front. You laundering money? <laughs> just front <laughs> for your your side business peddling carrageenan vats out yeah. the back and Molly. Yeah. I don't and put carrageenan in my product, but I if you want some, <laughs> got some primo fucking carrageenan. I would I would imagine a scoop shop is tough to make profitable. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Well, not, well as, guess, not as tough as an organic ice cream. I company. guess maybe that's right. Right. Yeah. They're, they're challenging and they're hard to scale. So you got a, you got a, a guy or somebody that can handle the scoop shop. Each sh- Troy, Troy does a great job. Do I know Troy? No. Oh, I feel like I know him. I do. I yeah. want to know him. Troy's running the scoop shop. He knows how to do a scoop shop. He does. If you need a scoop shop, get Troy. Don't get Troy. He's got him. He's got Troy. Yeah. Okay, that was my question. Carrageenan. Uh, what's the Carrageenan segment? What? The carrageenan? Oh, you want to keep yeah, that? Yeah, so it's, in, I mean, it's I'm interesting. I'm picking in segments. No, oh, but yeah, I think the carrageenan thing is kind of indicative of, of a lot of things in our industry where there's there's these trends. There's there's You have all these snake oils that people get behind. Mm-hmm. <gasps> like the trend of like popcorn being low calorie. Like no shit. Of course, air is low calorie. And, but this somehow is... a lot of people have made a lot of money in the recent years by selling popcorn. Not like our friends Quinn as, hey, this is delicious popcorn that doesn't contain the chemicals that so, you find in other microwave popcorns, and the pre-pop stuff is just delicious and, and really good. Instead, they're saying, hey, it's skinny pop. Yep, yep. It only has nine calories. 
per kernel. And you know what? That because works. Because it's mostly air. Yeah, that they're works. smarter than us. Much smarter than us. I like the uh, the boom no. chicka pop corn. Oh, come on. The light kettle corn. It's like not the filthy carnival kettle corn. <laughs> they used light corn syrup instead <laughs> yeah. of the dark yeah, no, brown molasses. No, it is organic. It is <laughs> it's okay. fucking hand-cultivated so cane. Before, before, so as you may or may not know, Neil, Josh briefly worked, had a real job in, Many real jobs. in UX. He was a big oh, UX was... game. So he likes to so Quinn. Leader. He likes to talk about the, that, Quinn, the Quinn popcorn experience with the bag. Remember oh yeah, that? well that, yeah. Because well, I was going to say we could get to that in a second. Oh, I'm sorry. You <laughs> go right ahead. Up. No, you're all hot and bothered. I'm not hot, man. But in the UX game, man, you're always trying to Don't solve. Don't say you're UX game. Solve problems. And there's the pervasive microwave popcorn problem. Mm. But they didn't solve it. I think that was Is my the, point. The, they had great branding. It was like you know, put the. Thing in the microwave, two or three steps. It. But yeah, then well it had like here's bag one that you pour in, then you yeah. shake it, then you pour yeah. in bag two. But they haven't solved the fundamental problem, which is everything popping. Well, yeah, it pops, and then you're supposed to listen for the two to three seconds between pops. But then, like you, there's maybe there's a gap of two to three seconds. But then, there's and like, then it starts up again. But then it's like a bunch of pops, and you're like, well, wait, should I take it out now? Because it sounds Ooh. like it's still going. Life's tough. It's tough for fucking microwave popcorn. That's why I don't believe in it. Mm. That's true. You don't make it. I only made it on vacation. That's why I knew about that Quinn stuff. Oh, it was right. a cast iron kettle. Well, this has brought me way back to when I think I don't remember when we first met. It was on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> was that about ninety three? Swipe right, swipe left. He super liked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I'm gonna get a letter about. No, that. it was it's a bad moment. I don't know what to do with. You gonna get a letter for not knowing how to use Tinder? Yep. It was it was Thrinder. It was both Thrinder. of you guys. I don't yep. how do I don't remember when we first met. I remember we did an I interviewed you for the magazine. We talked about like functional. I was like, you were like, what is all this shit that we put in food to try to make it seem like it was you were talking about it a second ago. Yeah, I use the same sound like that I use now. <laughs> right. Our only function is to be delicious. Oh. Well, I don't think yeah, you did. It's a tired one. So you're not trying to save the world with ice cream? Well, it's the whole it, health game, the health claim game, snake oil save game. Planets that don't want to be saved. Ooh. What the fuck is what? It's the sci-fi? Oh my shit. god, potty mouth. Yeah, that's my show. <laughs> what? We swear a lot. <laughs> what? All right, we gotta get back to that. I think. What? what? The, the planet the doesn't want to be saved. Well, not Most the planet doesn't. doesn't give a shit. The planet. The planet will be fine. To paraphrase oh, yeah, George Carlin, yeah, the planet can shake us off like a bad case of fleas. It, it's gonna still be this big old rock just floating. Lifeless then, rock. The all the animals, will have all the animals that couldn't get to Burning Man. Yeah, yeah see, they're going to rise up. Of course. Like, you don't invite us to your desert drug festival? Fuck you. <laughs> it's an art festival. Watch us dance <laughs> in the art art festival. Festival. Wait, what did I call it? A drug festival? You did. Am I allowed? I'm sorry. If, a, this is, if this is inappropriate or bad form, I apologize. Uh, to ask someone, do you have your own name at Burning Man? So... Like Zagzag I mean, BJ? What was his name? <laughs> Zigzag Panther. Zigzag Panther. Um, some, sometimes Ice Cream. That makes sense. There was a move to, to change my name to Blindside mm. recently. Ooh. Why Blindside? It, Survivor. A tie, well, a tie-in of Survivor and, and a parable that I told about getting kicked out of a Trump rally recently. Wait, I didn't oh hear that story. Oh, my God. What? Hold on. Segment. You so got kicked Neil, out of a Trump <laughs> rally? <laughs> I was in Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Where we have our, our second factory. It's a great Sheboygan. place. Sheboygan, Wisconsin, on beautiful Lake Michigan. What a great decision. Lake Michigan. Good for gorgeous. you. Really good people. And I saw that there was going to be a Trump rally the next night. So I went 
to donaldtrump.com, or is it realdonaldtrump.com, whatever the hell this website is, got myself a couple tickets. They actually sent me four. I think they were desperate to fill the place. And I went. And um, I got recognized while we're standing around waiting by some Survivor fans. So I play the game. I hold up the sign. We take pictures. We talk about making America great again. And, um, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. So they had the head of the GOP there. They had Rudy Giuliani there. They had Governor Rudy. Scott Walker. Who Rudy has a, is off the rails. He, right. is, he is completely off the rails, but they all are. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. And then, uh, you know. What'd the, you do? The, <laughs> what'd you do? The, the orange would-be dictator came on and started talking, and I got, I got tired of listening to him. So I just started yelling. <laughs> and I was... I was only about 30 feet back, so he heard me. What were you yelling? I was yelling, you embarrass America and release your taxes. I mean, you only have a few seconds in there to get anything out because then, you know, you have to do it at the end of a sentence, but not the end of a sentence where other people are cheering. So you just have, you have a little bit to just poke it in there. Nope. Oh, not like that. And, um. What's wrong? Nothing. So I started yelling and then the crowd. slammed. Squirters. Crowd started yelling over me, and he thanked them. So he was obviously aware of what was going on. And then he started talking again, so they stopped talking. So then at the end of the next sentence, I started yelling again. And this went on for like three minutes before. Whoa. Yelling the uh, same things? Yeah, I just yelled the same things. That's good. A little sound bites. I wanted, I wanted to yell, you know, have you read the Constitution? Or You should have said, our only function is delicious. No. Why do you look like Cheetos? You know, but those would have... My only this would have been harder to get across, and, and I, I do talk in soundbite. So. so what's he need to do to win your vote? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think you're going to stick out at a Trump rally. I, I, think, I think Hillary would need to actually kill my parents. The beautiful curls and the, yeah, the shaggy, yeah, shaggy yeah. chic. So I got, I got escorted out by a, a young staffer who was actually quite, quite polite. And on the way out, I walked by these guys that had, Survivor fans that had taken my picture. I said, blindside. I'm not actually a Trump fan. Ooh, you blindsided the Trump. Hashtag <laughs> blindside. And so some friends wanted to change my Playa name to Playa blindside. Name. Okay. Playa. Playa. But it didn't really Wait, stop. what's, is that what it's Settle called? down, Dad. That's where they have Burning Man. What? It's, it's not on the beach. It's called the Playa. Like Playa Zancudo next to the ocean? Playa? Like that? Oh, oh man. It's spelled the same way. I know very little about Burning Man, I apologize. Yeah, well, clearly, but you're you guys going to chime in. Why are you the fucking expert You guys expert need to take the travel budget just like you did for Expo West oh, and come yep. to the playa. Oh, we true. miss Burning Man. Oh, do we could rec- Burning Man. We could retroactively attend Burning Man. Well, let's do it next week. Yeah. <laughs> Live from Burning Man. We'll share audio from our trip well, to Burning Man. Well, that makes sense. That'd be why we're in interviewing Oh, me. my God. It was so great to see you guys <laughs> out oh, there thanks, at Burning Man. Yeah, it was a good one this year. Let's do that. Let's do a quick segment where we're at Burning Man. Man. What's what's your playa name, Mark and Josh? What are your playa names? Uh, mine's uh My playa name is uh Rough Nipple. Mm. Why? Because you've manhandled me so much that Oh uh, Jesus. Mine you, is, you, uh, you and Justin both. I know. Oh, Justin Gold and I share that in common. We've both been manhandled by the Kingmaker? Oh Kingmaker. Should be Kingmaker. Mm. Can I be thought leader? Can I be project management thought leader? Would that have a good thing? That, that doesn't quite have the ring it. that you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I think Remember, you, you have cooler. to explain your name to people on drugs. So oh, yeah. so probably one syllable is best. Or or even half of oh. one, like a <clears throat> You oh, remember yeah. oh, you oh remember, that's Marx. Marx says, Oh you remember my nickname Josh had a lo- uh, Josh's wife 
Nicole. Yes. We might have just heard Lovely, from. lovely woman. Oh, thank you. Yes. First time on the podcast asking questions. Had a dinner for Josh on his 40th birthday. And we all and the table. magician came and did Felix. some mind and tricks. And was a stripper? No. No, I wish. But he was going to read your mind. And everybody had to tell their nickname growing up. Oh, yeah. My nickname was Hotshot. That was my dad called me. Do you dad. remember mine? Uh, bean pole. Stretch. No, stretch. Stretch. Yep. Real stretch. original there. Stretch and hotshot. I like Lincoln. I like calling you Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln. I take Lincoln on the playa. So you're a grower, not a shower, is what ah. you're saying? I actually know nothing about his. <laughs> I, I suppose as the week here at Burning Man wears on, I might get a glimpse. What you yeah. packing? Oh, is this the Burning Man segment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on the playa. Oh, we're on the playa. Come on. <laughs> stretch. Oh, stretch man. it for us. Stretch it for us. Man, Jeez. so many naked people here. Somebody hand me the Tasty no. Bites. God, it's like I can taste the drugs in the air, right? Hey, you guys want to shout a fireball? Like that? You brought fireball? No, but people do. That nasty schnapps? Yeah, with, with uh, it has glycol in it. Glycol? What's glycol do? Well, we use it in our refrigeration system. It's a sugar alcohol. Oh, okay. It's not meant for human consumption. Oh, it's not? <laughs> well, how did it end no. up in how did Apparently it end up in the fireball schnapps? isn't either. <laughs> we're getting we're getting. But that doesn't stop the burners. <laughs> Doesn't stop I didn't them. know that. Ooh. The burners. No, they have their own like sect. Are there tribes? We that are a tribe. Man? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like a master tribe, and then there's the. Did your time sorts. on Survivor give? Does it give you an advantage on, here at Burning Man? Here at Burning Man, does your experience on Survivor give you an edge? There's no edge to be had at Burning Man. <laughs> I, I don't won. know. I'm, I won I'm brand Burning new. Man. Yeah. Well, Burning Man get, Virgin. I mean, I didn't get medically evacuated, I, and oh. I did see some luminaries from the natural food industry. See, um, Frederick Schilling, founder of Dagoba, was there this Freddy? year. I didn't. You mean I didn't see right David Bronner, but Freddie is doing he was there. is doing um, big tree, big tree, organic. coconut sugar. Uh, no. Oh, I have their cocoa coconut, aminos, coconut, coconut, my, sugar uh, coconut sugar, and, and I, they have a whole bunch of other good for him. delicious organic. Bronner's products. there every year. Bronner, Bronner's is there. Fre- Frederick is there every year. Foaming it up. Um, Jeremy of uh, the Acai. Uh, what's uh, 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 I'm blanking on his last name. Those things are What's great the company, in a bowl. Though? Is it a Samazon? Samazon. Yeah, yeah, Samazon. Yes, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Jeremy King from Samazon. Um, who else? Even was out there? here on the playa, I know yeah, the even, movers and shakers. Yeah. yeah, even in the clutches of mushrooms, you're holding it together. Yeah. Mark. yeah. Brad Barnhorn, he was there. Brad was. <laughs> oh, now it's now it's too much. Brad was in my camp this year. They're taking hold. Brad, Brad shows up at a lot of places. Brad he's, gets around. He he has experiences, yeah. And he's on. He's a. You don't know much about Brad. First time I've heard his name. Brad uh, launched one of the first juice companies, Fantasia Juice, Fantasia, in the Midwest. Fantasia, Fantasia Juice. Fantasia. Yeah. Sold it long Disney before movie? you were out of diapers. To naked. Oh, to naked. Yeah. Oh. Which and then ever Pepsi? since he's been a man of. He his job is to be on boards. He's on boards. He's he just on, on board boards. Of, board of Crave. She's um, had a lot of wins. He's on uh, what's the, the, cra- the ice coffee jerky? chameleon? Is no, he? not chameleon. High brew. He's on one of them. Huh. Um, bunch of other ones. Is he on your board? He's he's not on my board. What do you get by having Brad on your board? You get his brains. He helps grow and sell companies. So so the job, Josh, just grow and sell companies. Okay. Just scoping out a future for don't, myself. Don't drill down on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was a good. That was a good playa. Was that a good Burning Man segment? <laughs> no. 
What this up? is this is never getting off the uh, <laughs> editing room floor. Oh no, this will all be used. <laughs> all be used in one way or another. Yeah. What do we? So I'm trying to think. Let's get serious again. Let's get Mark. serious for a moment because yeah. Neil is a man get... of substance. Yep. Neil, this is, this is food news. Eventually, it's what we do here. Well, but I'm not going to get to the food yet. Oh, God damn it! Now, Neil, we got the ice cream. We got the houseboat. We got the survivor. Rich stories, each in, each in and of themselves. Activist. Yep. Gets kicked out of Trump rallies. Nope. I, I dabble. Uh, so uh, what I know of, when he when he earned the the, the oh hmm. I knew something was coming when he earned the the namaker enfant terrible of natural food. Oh, right. Did you give him that? New Hope did. Oh, I thought you was made that up. It was Connor. You yeah. remember Connor? Oh, ill-fated Connor. Connor of, was going to be part of this team right here, but he never... That was so long ago. Was, the man in the corduroy. <laughs> he's very different now. Connor called him on people. He planted a... Um, it was the, the rainbow flag. flag? Pride yeah. flag on the top of a mountain in Uganda. The tallest mountain in Uganda. Connor did or Neil did? Neil did, not Connor. All right. I saw the, the you erected an outhouse, too. I did. Well, but look, one at a time. Why did we do Uganda? Okay. Yeah, well, so um, I went to Uganda, and I had this this trip booked, and shortly after I booked a plane ticket, they, oh, they, had criminalized, yet. they okay. criminalized homosexuality. And I thought, well, I'm going to the top of this 16,700-foot peak. Why wouldn't I mount a pride flag in protest? I mean, sure, there's the chance of getting caught at going to prison in Uganda for seven years, but I wasn't planning on getting caught. <laughs> so... Went up there, planted the flag, got out of the country, and then uh, posted the photo with a scathing letter to the president of Uganda. Mm-hmm. And it ended up going global. It got picked up by dozens mm-hmm. of, of media sites focused on LGBT news around the world, including HuffPost and, and the Marin Independent Journal. This guy. It's fantastic. <laughs> My proudest it's, moment. It's called earned media, right? Mm-hmm. Where you don't have to buy it. And I'm not saying that's your motiva- motivation at all. It works because it's so authentic, but he just... It has just nothing to do with ice cream, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it, it follows nothing. him because the way he lives his life... It had nothing to do with I ice cream. I, believe, I know. So there was that. Can I talk about the outhouse now, Mark? Is it time? Oh, yeah, please. Yes. All right, I think I already said it. I saw that you erected a... <laughs> that's all you know about it. A trans- North Carolina. A, an outhouse on a famous mountain. I did. I, I, I kind of... North Carolina. I'm a one-trick pony, so... No, that's a different trick. That's more... That's more pointed. <laughs> it was, it was pointed. It that a, looked very difficult to accomplish. Well, that was much easier to accomplish because you can drive to within 300 meters of the summit of North Carolina's oh. tallest mountain, Mount Mitchell. So built the outhouse, um, attached it to a dolly, brought it up in a rented van, and wheeled it up in the early morning hours to the summit of Mount Mitchell with mm. a, an unnamed accomplice. And I put it Zig-Zag, there. Zigzag Panther. <laughs> Zigzag Panther was not involved. I put it there with uh, flying a trans pride flag in protest of um, HB2, which uh, the bathroom bill, which is, of course, problematic in, some in many ways. As you just said, some bullshit. This is absolute I, bullshit. I've it's had just, trouble it with it this. demeans people yes. when it's not necessary. I'm not. <laughs> Wait, what? Remember, I, this is like. Mark is slow to, uh, slow to catch on. I don't, it's not. Yeah, I just. It's, it's, I had to I feel explain like it's third gender to him. And I, it, like, the third gender, I saw his I, mind just. Twist and crumble. I'm not trying to be. I, yeah, I just got to like focus more and be sensitive to it. And yeah, 
honor people for who they are. And I, I get hung up on he, the pronouns and all that. I get flabbergasted, as does mm. Ari. So we got... There's no straw for this one. Uganda, North Carolina, but those are related. Same cause. I remember you going to... Uh, uh, which island off Greece? Oh, um, yeah, this, this past... On New Year's, my girlfriend and I, and the former contestant from Survivor, Shireen, and her boyfriend went, went to Lesbos. Lesbos. And uh, distributed some supplies and volunteered in some refugee camps before they got shut down. Mm. And that was where you gave, I, saw, I read a touching story about you giving your <laughs> jacket to someone. Yeah. Like it was like one of the last things you did before you left, correct? Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience. It was a um, pretty intense experience being there just four days Put in a lot of prep, brought over 280 pounds of clothing, which is a, a lot of clothing. Yeah. The luggage and fees alone. Yeah, the, the last day, my, my girlfriend and I worked um, an afternoon shift and went to dinner around 9 or so. And we, just, we were asked right before we left, oh, can you, can you come in after dinner? We might need a little help in the evening. So we come back. And before we know it, we're appointed shift leaders because with our three days of volunteer experience, we're the most experienced ones out there. So we got... The yellow safety vests, we got the radios, and we worked through the night. And um, unlike the nights before, there was just boat after boat after boat coming in because the weather calmed down a bit. And so you just have bus after bus after bus of um, these, these wet, cold, tired people coming in with clothing. And I had this green North Face jacket, it's pretty cheap, like thin polyester filled, but I've had it since I first moved to California. I got it at the Berkeley North Face outlet. And just it was one of those things that I just loved. It was my green jacket. It was the right color, and but it's something I haven't really worn in recent years. So I, I brought it with me, and I said, "I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give it away." And I, I hadn't given away, but the morning came, and there was this guy who was, who was soaking wet and looking for clothes, and just entirely thankful for the little things that we could give him. So I went to my personal bag, and um, I grabbed the green jacket. And I handed it to him. And right before I did, I, I wrote in the neck of the, the collar of the jacket, may peace be unto you. And that was, that was really the message is that, you know, we all need to kind of get out there and, mm-hmm. and extend our little olive branches and, and do the little things that we can do. I mean, none of us are Gandhi. None of us are going to save an entire people. But you can make a huge individual difference by just getting out there and doing these little things and helping people in their time of need. Yeah, you think about a problem like that and you look at the scope of it and you imagine like a lot of people would probably say, I'm not going to do anything because what difference would it make? But that's not what it's about. You, you make connections with people. It does. You can, you, one person can help one person. One person can help 50 people. We're not leading salt marches, but, but we can get off the couch and, and, and truly help people in times of need. Did that's you feel what, like you made a dent? or try to do. Oh, you want to clap? Okay. Oh, of course, Mark doesn't bother to get off the couch to applaud. He just yeah. Give him an back. ovation. Just lean back. I got a bad back. It hurt. That was almost like the sarcastic 80s movies clap. Like the... No. Oh, that, not at all. Heartfelt. All right. It's one of our favorites. Came over to the studio. Here, live in the studio. Live at in Burning the studio. Man. Broke bread with us. Uh, they, they made pizza. They made delicious. Well, we, delicious we treat our guests pizza. right. We do. Come yep. by. With yeah. all natural pepperoni. See how we make the sausage. We Organic can't, we can't promise a quiet studio. So Neil but. also has a stunt side to him. Do um, I? Well, I'm thinking of um, what was the 
Well, there's well, the pants. The, oh God, what was, was camel meat free? Was that you did that one? No, no, no. We, that's an idea though. That that could have wings. No, we um, we have the first certified horse meat free brand free. of ice cream in the United States. Right. It made a it made a big showing at Expo about three or four years ago when IKEA was selling horse meat meatballs. I did my best. Ironically, I have eaten horse meat and find it to be quite delicious. Well, I mean, this was in Europe, though. I use, you know, I don't even think you need to justify it. I mean, if, you, if yeah. you're going to eat, well, think of our audience. Eat one animal. Why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah. eat a horse? If you're going to eat a cow, or a I, they ought to pig. come around. Yeah. We're not going to be eating meat anyway. That's you speak like a logical human being, but not everybody sees it that way. No, it's true. I'm so I'm going to follow up advanced. on that. But but we've got horse meat. Oh, who would you, you partnered up with the uh, baseball player? Sergio Romo. That that kind of had a little Sergio Romo's to it. Mexican chocolate. It yeah, only tastes illegal, and I'm, I'm still getting hate mail over that one. <laughs> it only tastes Whoops. illegal. Yeah, so Sergio Romo is a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. His parents were illegal immigrants to the United States. He grew up in California. Ended up being a star baseball player for the Giants. They won the World Series. They won it again. The second time they won it. He wore a shirt in the parade that said, I just look illegal. Calling out his heritage, calling out the Arizona anti-immigration laws. Mm-hmm. And so I had this, this moment of pure genius a few years ago and decided to do Sergio Romo's Mexican chocolate with the tagline, it only tastes illegal. Calling out the shirt, reminding people of this conversation. And uh, a lot of people get it and some people don't. You still so. sell it? We do. We're coming to the end of the contract, so um, oh, okay. it, it's going to be disappearing soon and transitioning to um, to just Mexican chocolate. Mm. Well, I like that, and I like the so horse meat free ice cream. It's That's important. Good. So, as part of that, as part horse of that, meat allergies are <laughs> pervasive, and with EpiPens costing six hundred dollars, we just can't have horse meat sneaking into our ice cream anymore. But so clearly, you you enjoy like poking holes in some of the, the <laughs> hyperactive. He's a, bullshit he's in a this poker, industry, not a right? grower. I dabble. I like, I like to laugh. I like to call out the absurd with, with even greater absurdity. Back in the day, Josh. Oh, take me back, Kingmaker. I'm taking you back. We did that Q&A. Got to know Neil. There, there was always this sort of search at New Hope. And I don't know if companies knew this or not, but, but, or at least when I was there. Like, yeah, they wanted a face to put on the movement, right? Well, especially, specifically organic, right? But like, it was all these wonderful old forefathers of the movement that built the thing and then you're like well who's doing it and they don't look kept good talking on about camera justin but like it wasn't always organic but he was is like, it organic i don't no. think so well no. maybe some uh, I'm not sure. face of natural foods he was young and charismatic great hair too. great nipples great hair neil was there i couldn't find any others <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting though because i think we have a lot of great people doing a lot of great things but for whatever reason, I don't think we have a lot of great spokespeople right. in, in industry. And I think you have a lot of people that are really on that, the activist side of, of, you know, we need to have everything be perfect and GMO-free and, and you know, picked by, by workers getting for wages and on and on and on. And, and I think a lot of times in industry, we let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And there, there aren't, there's, there's some cool companies out there but there's not a lot of spokespeople mm-hmm. for what we're trying to do. And the spokespeople that are there, they, they are the, the more established older people, and they're behind movements now that are not necessarily 
not necessarily things that the general populace can relate to. Like there's a lot of movement behind non-GMO, which I think is very important, but there's not a lot of people just saying, hey, just eat organic. You're going to feel good. You're going to like it. You're going to feel good about the system that goes into making that food. You're going to feel good about giving this to your kids. You're going to feel good about giving to your friends. You're going to feel good about supporting the people that are behind these companies. I think it gets lost. What do you think about, like, uh, are you, are you hardline against GMO, or do you think that some level of genetic modification might this, behoove us well, let's, in the let's future? Let's blindside him. This is off the record. Right? <laughs> we, well, we've been, yeah, we keep covering so many stories of, like, the good side of GMO or, or these right. weird applications. Well, not even always with food, like, you know, genetically Zika modifying mosquitoes, mosquitoes right. so that they're yeah. basically sterile. So. I, th- I think my thoughts about GMO foods are similar to my thoughts about the death penalty. Mm. Is that, in theory, sure. People do terrible, terrible things, like, great. Go ahead with the death penalty. But the problem with the death penalty is that you can never be 100% sure that somebody's actually guilty. And I think GMOs are similar. This might not make any sense whatsoever. But in that, it seems like a good idea, but can we ever really be sure that we're not forever messing up our ecology, forever introducing something into the wild that shouldn't be there, that can be huge, irrepar- cause huge irreparable harm. You are barking up the wrong tree with that guy. No, you said it on the last episode. You were like... No, all I said is, I was talking about the GMO mosquitoes, but I said, like, it's, it's funny to get, like, precious about some of this stuff because so much of what humanity has done to the planet, I mean, we fucked it up irreparably already, and, like, we don't give a shit, really as a species, perhaps. So, so, like, let's not get so getting hung up on, yeah, like, and a lot of it, too, seems more about, like, what's it going to do to my body? Like, no, but, like, I don't, so... I don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now if I eat genetically modified rice. Yeah, so, you know, with, with Roundup Ready GMO stuff, I, I actually wouldn't be afraid to eat it. I don't think it's actually going to harm my body. But I am concerned about the fact that you can make it rain Roundup pesticide yeah. on it it doesn't even need water. Just give it a roundup. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're introducing all these tons and tons and tons of chemicals into the ecosystem that shouldn't be there and that you couldn't introduce if it wasn't for these, right. you know, GMO products. So that's that's my bigger fault with them. Yeah. Probably I mean, that's such growth. But, you know, like there's the vitamin A fortified po- cooking a, potato, yeah. cooking bananas. Like oh, things yeah, like that. One. It seems like there should be like... There, there will can't or classes of there GMO. will be applications of GMOs that are like really hard yeah. to to hate to hate. You'll be like, oh shit, that's a unless, good one. Unless you just you know fully hate GMOs and think that yeah. they're a, a danger to our way of life. It, the, all which, you'll have, yeah, all you'll have is that health. You know, if it's if it has nothing to do with pesticides, it's the same as like lab grown meat. It's like, well, that's not delicious. natural. It's not natural. It's not. I don't know what's going to do in my body, but you know what? We can like save thousands of resources. I just read the other day about this upstart food tech company Ooh. that is making milk with yeast, and it has the two milk proteins, whey and casein, that they make with yeast. Who knew? So, so like real vegan milk. Get that in the lab. Yeah. So vegan milk that will apparently you don't even have a lab. look and taste. Like milk, no nipple grabbing required. R and D lab, three twins HQ. <laughs> Am I gonna grab my nipples? Oh, hi. Have you had the Beyond? What are they called? Beyond Burger? Beyond Meat? 
Yeah. Yes, Beyond Meat, the burger. Have you had their like uh, refrigerated patties? No, no. They're bonkers. I actually wow. have some in my fridge. But I ate some and they like, you open them and they kind of smell like meat. Oh, that's it's, it's rotting I, just like meat. Yeah, and then I we ate finally some. succeeded. Well, I ate it and then I went to a, a night yoga <sighs> this class. Story, this it drives it's me crazy, story. this story. Well, no, no I, it, just, I, it is a great story, but it makes me furious. Well, it makes him furious. Well, I, I ate, yeah, I ate one of those patties, like a burger, and then I went to my night yoga class, and for some reason I sweat like a dog in this class, and I was smelled like, smelled like I'd been eating nothing but bacon all week. Like I had meat sweats. Wow. And, he, and he'd had no meat. And so and I've, been, I've me, eaten very little meat over the past, like, six science months. Science is winning. Well, what yeah. he thinks is, like, it's, I'm so open to the placebo effect that, like, even me eating meat-like non-meats made me sweat, have meat sweats. I'm resistant to any therapy, any placebo effect, anything, and he's just soaking it in. He doesn't even eat meat, but he sweats meat. It's he all thinks, lies. I think eats... I ate some meat and sweats it out. Anyway. You, you need to quantify everything. That's the problem. I, it is my problem. Natural food. <laughs> oh, Wait, does this... Brilliant does this cat, segue. Does this cat have a catheter coming out of it? <laughs> no, that's a straw. I a cat... A cat fitter. I'm sure he did at one point. Diabetic cat. It drinks nothing but so. It drinks. It's all briars. All briars. He's got a bum leg. He's got a limp. Oh man. A little gangster lean. Was it from a staph infection? I don't know. It could have been. We picked him up at a. Oh yeah, his knee. Any lingering? Nothing lingering, right? Just just the scar or two to show the ladies. Well, how about, with how that. about the podcast host? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, do I need to drop trow right here? In my <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, if only it was a video podcast. Yeah. Well, the I one on the back, it is. It looks kind of looks and feels like plastic. It looks like it might be beyond meat that was just Oof. fused into my own body. Oh, terrible. <laughs> it's nope, there, it's there for life. Your wires hitting your mic. Don't do that. That's not a pro move, Neil. Man, rookie hour here. <laughs> yeah, feel free to adjust. I'll pause while. You're that's a pro. One more, one or two more segments. We've got a lot. We've got almost an hour of tape here. Whoa! Right? Told you. Wow. Well, that first segment. This is going to be a double, double wide episode, huh? Here's, here's what I've been thinking. And I'm going to ask Neil. Mark, you're an industry thought leader. Tell us what you've been thinking. Okay, I'll tell you what I've been thinking. You do nothing but think. I do too much that thinking. Big brain and a tiny head. Mm. Natural food. <laughs> <laughs> now. Shit. <laughs> it troubles me that. Ah, uh, there's something. I think what well, I'm going down. It's going to be two hours before he gets this it, thought it out. It troubles me that it seems like the only path to success. I'm, I'm not. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, and that's why I'm going to ask Neil. Is like, is there a is there a way to be viable and successful and stay independent, or do you have to sell out? Oh, yeah. Hormel, Boom! Holy right rail. there. That's a Hormel drop. Sell out is such a loaded term. Well, I don't mean it in terms of like... Let's just say sell up. Okay, I mean, sell. sell. Let's just say it's, sell. It's really hard. It is. You're not profitable forever. It's hard to start a company. It's hard to get it to the point where it's financially viable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, by the time we do that, I mean, and we're not there yet, you have lots of investors that have helped you get there. So they need to get their money back at some point. They need to get a return on investment. Um you know, the system breaks if you, you have lots and lots of companies getting investors and then these investors never get their money back. Who's going to invest in natural food? So you can. Obviously, there are examples of natural food companies that have stayed independent. And, of course, there's 
hundreds or thousands of little ones that certainly are independent. But looking at long-term, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it's really hard mm-hmm. um, because you, you, you can't be... You can't be five million dollars. You can't be ten million dollars. You've got to you've got to scale pretty quickly, in order to hmm. have the scale to have the profits, to pay those investors back, to make a decent life. So, sure, it can be done, but it's it's a challenge, and I, and I don't know that that's all that different in in other industries. No, well, I think food, it's the path to. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe well, not. The oh, path is, it gonna, is it going to get harder, so, though? Do you think it's going to get harder? Well, it seems... So here's me thinking again. Put on that cap. Huh? You're thinking oh. cap. Oh, here, this is better. Um, big food, big bad food, right? It's pretty much like becoming natural food. Well, I mean... There's a long way to go. Big big bad food. I mean, there's been a lot of big bad, and I think we have to understand that... The, the, did Dan Savage say it gets better? I mean... Just because there's these big food companies that have done things that maybe aren't great. I mean, look at growing up in the 80s and 90s like we did. I mean, most of the food then was was not great. But yeah, but those companies are moving in the right direction. So Yes. Um, just like the food system as a whole is finally moving in the right direction. So, so is, is Walmart introducing like an organics line? Is that a rising tide lifting all boats? Or is that like just some silly bullshit? No, I mean, that's that's important because there's a lot of people that shop for food in Walmart that shop for food no place else. Mm-hmm. So they're making organic accessible. I think I think that's great. I believe in making organic accessible. I don't care if it's from Whole Foods or from Walmart or from your corner gas station or from your liquor store in a food desert. Make it accessible. Give people that choice. Give them that empowerment. So I'm I don't have a problem with with big organic with big companies selling organic food with the Hormels of the world, buying organic-ish peanut butter companies, make it accessible. Bring it to the masses. Use your distribution network. Use your sourcing network and get it to more and more people because that has real impact. Me starting the next you know, organic ice cream company, it has some impact, and we've obviously done relatively well. You got, but, you got horse meat out of the whole category. <laughs> it's mm. gone. We are we're leaders. I'm still waiting for my award for that for that movement. You see, like uh, yeah, non-GMO as a threat to organics, because oh, part of me you. feels like no, this is. I think this is real. Oh, I'm telling you, like I, it's I, super hard to get an organic certification, right? It's, it's a very complex. It's, there's topic. a lot of hoops you have to jump through to make sure you're using organic products and getting something certified organic. But it's it seems like it's quite a bit easier to get a non-GMO rating. Yes, I think it, I think it depends on the category, right? If but I mean, I feel like a lot of shoppers who like maybe are like health conscious might. So like, well, I can't, I'm not going to, the organic's too expensive, but the non-GMO's there, that's, that's good too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's education. Um, 11 years ago when I started, every day, all day long, I had to explain to people what it meant that we were selling organic ice cream. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Non-GMO is kind of the same thing. I mean, I think we need to arm consumers with the choices and with information. I mean, obviously non-GMO, um, is probably better than the stuff grown with a you know a thunderstorm of, of Roundup on top of their crops, but consumers need to have choices and 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 you know get to choose things that are right for them based on their economics, based on their oh, traits. It's making America great again. Inside the organic commu- industry, that's that's like the, one of the hottest buttons because there there's kind of this sense like why. You, you certified your strawberry non-organic. 
No, excuse me, non-GMO. <laughs> there are no GMO strawberries. Exactly. But there's yet. this little... Well, yet. So you're certifying products that couldn't even be GMO, and people buy them, and, and there's some concern that it does maybe cannibalize from organic. We don't know. Yeah, it might. But, you, you know... what? I, I mean, I, you know... I, I, got I, a hard, I got a hard time getting too worked up about it. But it, it, it does annoy I me. I don't want to buy a non-GMO... You know, that's just like a... Because well, organic matter. already is non-GMO, right? Well, that too. Not, the whole... It's a little different because organic... But I mean, if something is organic... tested, whatever. This is too... It's all wonky. Organic is non-GMO by definition. By definition, but not by positively theory, tested. But, right. but most of us don't actually test. Right. And there can be adventitious... Is that a word? word? Yeah. It's where it creeps in and, you know, you've got an organic plot, but some wind drift kicks it over and it's not going to happen in cow. Well, I guess it could happen in cow and dairy, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, we are. It's <laughs> dust in the wind and that dust blows from one field to another. Oh, brings me back to the playa. Mm. The playa. It's so good to see you guys out there. <laughs> good old stretch and hot shot. Yep. Oh. Man, you just, those gifts you brought for those. There's people. Well, I mean, everywhere we go, we bring a cornucopia with us. At least yeah. one. And that's this artisan uh, basket weaving that goes into the actual It's a little vessel. cornucopia. Oh, a real cornucopia. Dude, you carried it up the hill. I did. What are you talking about? In the outhouse with the... And how flag. organic is all the fruit that's stuffed in there? And the croissants? Those are all... <laughs> croissants. Yes. They brought their oven and they baked <laughs> croissants on the fly. Yeah, we, 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 uh, hey, that's There's the thing. no ovens there? Hey, you know what? My neighbor's like... Right down there, they made a mud oven in their backyard. Mm. You tell me, no one at fucking Burning Man can make a mud oven. Oh, were those there's mud ovens? Were those non? Was it non-GMO mm-hmm. spelt in those croissants? Absolutely. It was, like a, it was a it was a tri-grain blend actually. Mm, all, each one of them a superfood. Amaranth. Yes, mm. an Taff. ancient grain. What and is a superfood? Super can can we have a segment about that? I mean, sure. when did fruit stop being fruit and all of a sudden it's superfruit? Does it have a little friggin' cape? I mean. How is a mangosteen more super Ooh, than a mango? A mangosteen. Mm. And why I is don't a sweet it. potato better than a yam, man? <laughs> not the same. Yes, it is. A yam is not a superfood, but a sweet potato is. Yeah. Uh, Welcome I think to we the, know the answer Mark. to this. Educate us, Mark. Marketing. 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 Yeah, that's true. Marketing works. Marketing. Marketing. Well, somebody we got paid last week on the podcast. Uh, somebody got paid a lot. Beans rule. When superfood. Quinoa rules. Bean when oh, superfood stuck, but now it's everywhere, right? Wait, no, I, Brains, got a, I got a fruits. question. Josh, question. I had a uh, tomato flavored uh, sorbet once. Mm-hmm. Savory yogurt is a thing. No, I know about that, but moments ago you you mentioned savory. That you're not a huge ice cream sweet guy. Um, yes, no. I see where this is going. I see but where this tomato. is going. In your lab- in your laboratories, <laughs> are you working on any savory ice creams? No. Yes or no? Is that a thing? No. Yes or no? No, no. What color was the band? <laughs> yes or no? Green. Because you need you need a certain amount of sugar in ice cream to keep it from freezing solid. Oh, you know the sugar shit. in the milk. You need other sugar added. I'll bet we could find something. Yeah, else. there's got to be sugar a alcohol, savory replacement. Locust non-sweet. Oh, please, let's put stevia. No, 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 no. something Ooh. that's not sweet, but and the carrageenan could yeah, do the about, job of sugar. I bet you there's an algae. Salt. I bet we could find I mean, an algae. Yeah, a gravy salt out there couldn't, in theory. That but, would, yeah. Salty. I don't know. Super salty tomato ice cream. Mm. 
Sounds kind of juicy. Well, I mean, tomato is a fruit. It's not a super fruit, but it's a fruit. It is. There are seeds. I think you ought to be looking at that. You're not a... I don't know. You shouldn't. That's not your deal. Well, did the savory you, you yogurts actually things... catch on? I don't know that they did. The savory yogurts? Dan Barber's... Kind of a flash uh, in the Was pan. it Blue Hill? Yeah. I think Blue it was Blue Hill. Hill. Yeah. Did you ever try them? I've never had them. I, I haven't. Had the, um, I had the butternut squash. And? Well, we made, we've made butternut squash ice cream, but it's not savory. It's sweet. James you, Hetfield, Now you're just blurring the lines. James the lead, Hetfield? Metallica? The singer Metallica used to come into the original shop, and he loved... It was called BS and BS. Butternut squash and brown sugar. Oh. And let me tell you, nobody looks tough eating ice cream. Not even, not even <laughs> Sandman. Hetfield. Not even Vince Vaughn, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Hetfield doesn't look tough in his therapy sessions either. That's true. So. What kind of therapy? Didn't you watch that documentary on Metallica? No. You making fun of the guy for going to therapy? <laughs> <With> that, <laughs> I'm making fun of that whole documentary. It was insane. The therapist's uh, sweater was incredible. That must have been like $900. Yeah. And like the, the bass player from the band Infectious Grooves. Like they're auditioning a new bass player, and he's like, he, made he grew up like loving Metallica. That he's like, he, they invite him to be in the band. He's freaking out. Fuck yeah, I'm in Metallica. And then I think literally the first band meeting was sitting down with their group therapist, like, and yeah, it was oh. weird to talk about his feelings, which is probably not what he thought he was signing on for. Oh, this is a documentary. Oh, and I'm gonna be talking about my feelings. And is this you guys are still in Metallica, right? Mm. Is, is still a heavy metal bands. Yeah, Time, times there are changing. Once those testosterone levels drop. Yep. Who knows what's going to happen? It's true. Things get soft. That was a good question, Josh. Which one, Mark? I think they the were all savory pretty... ice cream one. A good question. I was sitting on that one for a while, buddy. But I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. I, I think of three twins and Neil is like we're not. It, it's not a science play. It's not a I more ornery than savory. I don't want it to sound offensive, but it's not more like a high or, innovation. It's like we're going to make really good savory? ice cream. No, we're going to take stuff from conventional and make it organic so you oh. can feel good about eating. Wait, but Here did you go. say more ornery than <laughs> more savory? That's more ornery than savory. Hell of a tagline. There we go. More ornery yeah. than savory. It doesn't really roll off the tongue like inconceivably delicious, but we'll give it some thought. See, I see, I see Neil as a wild card. I see Neil as like always defying expectations. So if I'm at Expo West, when I'm at Expo his, West next year? He's in, in his DNA. I can't wait for the podcast there. That was yeah. so much fun if There's like a tomato basil ice cream. Just as a spoof. I'm not going to be surprised. Everyone else will, but not me. That's my point. It won't happen. What do we got? We got cones, sandwiches. First ever organic Sunday cone. You sell just the cone or something? Is it like a drumstick style where it's like stuffed with goodness? Exactly. Does it have a little plug of chocolate in the bottom? It does, in fact. Oh. The little chocolate butt plug. And yeah. Uh huh. Welcome to that. Well, <laughs> yep. On that note, yeah. It's, you know, in a, a, a drumstick, we look at the ingredients, and um, the number one ingredient is whey. It's, they're not ice cream. Um, they don't meet, meet the legal definitions of ice cream. The chocolate coating is called chocolatey coating because it doesn't even meet the legal definition of chocolate. And we just turn around. It's ice cream. It's made with milk. Mm-hmm. It's made with chocolate. Really simple because make it in Sheboygan. Fact is, we're just not smart enough to fake it like that. So, Why would you? Because we're not sciency. Oh, the only thing I, I can the only other, <laughs> <laughs> thing we're going to edit this. <laughs> I do one of those a show. The only other thing I can think about is Survivor. That's all you ever think. About. I really, I cannot impress upon you enough well, the so. power of that season on my kids, especially. I mean, I loved it. 
And I enjoyed watching it. They were uh, devastated at the evac. Yeah, one cry. You know this. One did cry. Did you guys finish watching it after Neil was gone? Because I, I we was, did keep watching. I was we were in at that point. We were in. I was, I was out. I was. I was checking in on. I would just ask Mark. Did is Ty out? Because he's going to win. I thought for sure fucking Ty was going to win. Yeah, he came very close. But we. But I didn't know. Th- yeah, he looked at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? <laughs> that was a I mean, not, he made it to the end, but I don't think he came very close at all. I'm not sure mm. he was really playing. I'm not sure what he was doing all the time. I think he was one of the last people that could have won. Um, you know, after I left, as far as like who was left, mm-hmm. I think just about everybody, anybody could have won. Like Ty just did some some things that didn't work in his favor. Mm-hmm. I.e., pretty he much made some odd everybody decisions. off at one point. Yeah. Well, I mean, he because he seemed very like moral and. Yeah, yeah, he is. Decent, and then he, but then well, he kind of did some weird underhand. You weren't watching just, it when he, he held back the down. idol. Yeah, but he was, he was fun to watch. Yeah, he was. He was a delightful little guy. Mm. And a great he, cook. And he wouldn't tell us. Well, maybe he's he a beekeeper. Did you know that? No. He keeps bees in San Francisco. I feel like everyone should be keeping bees. Well, Shouldn't you know every what? Backyard have bees. Yeah. That one. Thank God, good for him. Two, he better find another profession because there's no bees left. Well, that's <laughs> brought some of his honey to Burning Man as a playa gift. Ty was a Burning Man. No, no, I brought some. Oh, of his you honey brought there. some of oh, his honey. Okay. Oh, that's he doesn't nice. have much vacation time right now because of the bees. Because he just took another seven week vacation. Oh, or so I've read on the internet. Uh-huh. Oh, like oh, I got it. I don't know why they, I, it's mind boggling they didn't bring you back for that one. They're waiting. It makes sense. They weren't why? ready for me. Oh. Because you don't yeah. bring Neil back the next Are you confident they're like aware that? of the, the character you've created and <laughs> what it represents? They're, they're aware. So at the end of each Survivor season, they auction off a bunch of the props. Oh. So I bought two of the stumps from Tribal Council and the podium because you had the option of having Jeff Probst, the host, customize them. So on the stump, I had him customize it to the future soul survivor and then I, the, the hunger games quote made odds forever be in your favor mm. then the one stump i had him write i wonder if you would w-o-o-d have won if it wasn't for mount saint neil that's a pun and then, i'm a punny guy and the other one was uh it stumps me how you completed that <laughs> fish puzzle so quickly so that just, was fast just keep yeah, thinking that was fast <laughs> was fast just keep, you know, making sure uh, Uncle Jeff keeps me top of mind. All right. Is it his call? He he is an influence. He's not just a face? Is he he's, an executive no, I mean, producer? He's the executive producer. Oh. He is very much an influencer. Oh, wow. Well, right. he needs to get his well, head on Jeff, straight if he's not bringing Neil back because... You've got... Because Neil survives. The the mouthpiece of natural food is uh, going to have a problem. Wait, who's that? make this right. Us! Oh, you're the mouth... Well, Us! Oh, we're the collective is. mouthpiece... What I say? That sounds like we're Singular. sharing the same the mouthpiece of natural food. Sharing the same gut flora is going to have a problem. It's is I said is mouthpiece is R what R mouthpieces too. No, no, we're, we're Plural. collective mouthpiece. Oh man, I went to Williams College. I know mouthpiece so. is mouthpiece is. <clears throat> Do you know a lot about? Do you know Williams College? <laughs> well, I had we're an done. experience. It's one of the top-rated universities. Done. So um, you had an experience country. with Williams College? Yeah. So. I rode crew. Oh, he's a New England man. I rode crew at a small school in New York State, Cornell. And we went to... Um, <laughs> oh, if only Cornell I ranked as highly as Williams these days. Went to Cornell. <laughs> we went to uh, this, this camp every spring for spring training for crew. And um, we stayed in the shitty little dorms at this camp. And That's not good for your body. There was about four gallons of hot water. So, Ooh. you know, we came off the water one day in a, in a rainstorm. And the 
fucking Williams kids had Damn. used our hot water. Smart. That's so classic we, Williams right there. <laughs> Using so their we, hot water. Yeah, so we got into a shouting match with them at, at dinner in the cafeteria calling them a safety school. Classic Williams. Uh, like you absolutely concept. Williams. Purple cows. It's such a Williams yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> Just sneaking in there, using the hot water. You don't know. Cornell. Yeah. Yep. Cornell's a good school. Safety school. Not quite as good as Williams. No, I, I think no they seriously, were it's a good school. back uh, state school to us. So. Yeah, you should be proud of that one. I don't think he means that, Neil. By. I think you should fist fight him. <laughs> I've had a blast. I can't think of what else to ask. No. I mean, I don't know. I've had fun. <laughs> as long as Neil's had a good time. It's good, it's good to, to see behind the curtain. Yeah. And, and it's pure magic back here. Oh, thanks for saying that. Isn't it? It's, it's interesting, huh? We do tend to do it on Friday when there's no ambient noise. Yeah. Other than that, it's the same. Yeah. yeah, it's almost identical to this. I like. Well, uh, but we also have a dock. If you ever come back, we'll it's a little get more structured. Dock for the boat. Oh, that. All that the stories stuff. and what we're really. Yeah, we've got everything into. outlined, so we move through Very segments. Professional. Yeah, it kind of feels like you're underprepared for this part. Oh, yeah, we did one yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we knew you were coming. <laughs>